Hello and welcome to The Last Tranche. Around a month ago, the general mood of the loan and CLO markets was defined by pessimism. Investors saw their asset class as collateral damage in the Federal Reserve's moves to fight stagflation by triggering a recession. The leveraged loan index dropped to 91.75 cents on the dollar, while CLO AAAs traded in the mid-200s. More recently, though, the mood seems to have shifted to a more optimistic one. Loans are up 3% on their lows from early July. While the primary CLO market remains near its wides, the secondary market has seen spreads begin to tighten across the stack. Uh, here to discuss these trends, I'm joined by Mike Nechamkin, Chief Investment Officer and Celia Portfolio Manager at Octagon Credit Investors. Mike's been with Octagon since 1999. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes. Would you agree that there's been a shift in the outlook in the loan market in the last few weeks? If so, what do you think is behind that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's been a very dramatic change in the market, but I would say not a 180 degree change. Uh, there's The market is still uh, sensitive to risk and pricing in risk. Managers are very active in trying to manage their risk and be more defensive in their investing. There's been multiple changes since the bottom, I think was probably around July 6th of this year. And those are really both fundamental and technical changes. So on the fundamental side, I think most importantly is the uh, earnings for the second quarter have come in uh, and have been really uh, much better than feared. Uh, the market had really been assuming the worst and they came in better than that. I often look at the S&P 500 earnings as a guide to how our companies will report. Uh, typically, our borrowers tend to be private and uh, report later. The S&P 500, according to Bloomberg, saw revenues up 14% and earnings up about 8%. So not outstanding numbers, certainly lower than the previous quarter, but still not indicative of a uh, an earnings recession. We track our borrowers, about half of our bar the borrowers have already reported, and we've seen similar kinds of trends in our market as well. So certainly not seeing uh, broad declines or average declines. I would note that there's a lot of dispersion though. Uh, so the average doesn't tell the whole story. There's also been economic data points, which have been, again, either favorable or not as bad as expected. And we're also seeing support from uh, the broader markets, especially equities and high yield. On a technical perspective, we saw a, a bunch of capital come into our markets really late June, early July from print and sprint deals, which were done, helped really move the market higher. Retail mutual funds have been seeing outflows, continue to see outflows, but they're coming down, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, we've also seen some repayments, an increase in repayments uh, in July versus June, and that's given investors more money to put to work and very light new issue at the same time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk about some of that dispersion you pointed to a little bit later on. But uh, just to sort of continue with the macro picture, I remember an industry conference in July, the CLO conference in Las Vegas, it seems sort of almost universally accepted, whether you're talking to managers, investors, bankers, you know, that forward-looking trends for the both the loan and CLO market were probably negative. What do you think it was about the sell-off that people got wrong? What were people missing? One thing I think was really interesting in the sell-off was how much it was driven by liquidity. One interesting data point we, we discovered was that while the leveraged loan index X was down about 450 basis points as of June 30th, if you went into the index and you looked at the uh, smallest deals in the market versus the largest, so deals under $500 million in size, those actually outperformed the largest, most liquid loans by about 225 basis points. So the smaller 
smaller deals were down about 300 basis points, while the largest deals to over $2.5 billion were down about 540 basis points. So I think that's instructive. The smaller deals presumably aren't trading as much, that marks didn't move as much, but it's indicative of how much uh, investors were selling the larger, more liquid loans that were easier to sell. You know, we had uh, a few loans that we'd like quite a bit. I'm thinking about uh, one of the largest healthcare loans in the market, one of the largest cable loans in the market that traded down really dramatically, eight, seven, eight points top to bottom. The credits were unaffected by what was going on and probably unaffected by what we would see in, in, a, in a recession if it came to that. But they led the way down because they were very widely held, very easy to get a bid, and investors were able to move large amounts of those. I see. So is it a situation where people, the selling seems to be, you know, for uh, the the holder, the investor to sort of get more liquidity rather than anything to, to do with the actual credit quality of that loan? We saw a lot of that. Uh, we saw that in the in the spring, where in some cases some of those uh, double B loans and and others were actually trading lower than single Bs. We were able to swap from single B assets into double Bs and and actually pick up a little bit on the price. And that happened again in the really with a vengeance, I guess, in uh, June, July, uh, where investors were selling what they could the most liquid. Conversely, those loans were really up the most in July and August. So they're the first to spring back. And what we saw is the dealers had very thin inventories. Typically, once the uh, redemption saw, there was a lot of crossover selling from high yield funds and other types of funds. The mutual funds seemed to have gotten to where they needed to be. The CLOs, and especially the new print and sprint CLOs and some of the new institutional money that came in was looking for, to buy exactly those kinds of loans. And they many of those gapped up, again, five or six points or more. Yeah, I suppose the flip side, if, if those are the companies that seem to have been you know, rebounding the most given you know the moves in the market in the last couple of weeks. What's the other side of that? The ones that have struggled a little bit more. Risk is getting a little bit of a bid now, but um, in some cases it's it's moving even more than that. But overall, triple C's are still lagging. I think triple C's are down about seven and a half percent still year to date. Even though the broad uh, leverage loan index is now down only about 54 basis points. Investors, as I mentioned, are really, I think, continue to be focused on risk, trying to be defensive, uh, trying to be cautious about the uncertainty of the uh, of the outlook. And as a result, I think they're a little loath to put money into uh, the riskier credits, uh, credits with downgrade risk. We're seeing credits that miss their numbers, uh, where the story is really changing, where credits where a downgrade is, seems likely to come or it's happening. Those are typically trading off uh, still pretty materially. I think that's a healthy sign that investors are still really differentiating on risk and not just buying everything, <laughs> buying whatever's cheap to put money to work. Right. Yeah. Much of the conversation this year has been uh, revolving around, you know, the word recession, whether, you know, the possibility of a recession, the severity of a recession. Are we already in a recession? Those kinds of questions have been asked. Obviously, the, the recovery is not just loans. It's in a lot of different asset classes, but that fear has obviously not entirely dissipated. What's your own view on where things stand in terms of the recession and maybe what's the, the octagon in-house view of, of that likelihood now? As you say, there's been a lot of discussion in the press and the media about whether we are in a recession or not. And I think if we are, or even if you wanted to say that uh, using the uh, definition of two negative quarters of GDP, it's, it's going to be 
you'd have to say it's a very different kind of recession than any we've seen in almost anybody's career who's uh, still still working on finance today. The first quarter and second quarter, we had negative real GDP, but nominal GDP was actually pretty healthy, uh, up 6.6%, up 7.8% in the second quarter, just offset by much higher uh, inflation. And, and, and inflation is real, and it's a real issue and a real risk. I think it's important to note that inflation affects companies in many different ways, but inflation can have a benefit uh, to corporate revenues. Our borrowers are borrowing in, uh, have, have typically borrowed a few years ago, and they are paying back with nominal dollars, but their revenues are really going up with inflation. And as a result, that can actually help the credit in some ways that their revenue should be growing as nominal GDP grows. That could be a very different type of cycle than we've seen in the past, where typically even nominal GDP goes down, corporate earnings are going down, and companies are struggling to, uh, to pay their debt. We have not seen, as I mentioned before, the, the severe pressure you would typically see on corporate earnings yet. Uh, again, our average borrower posted pretty healthy on average revenue growth in the first quarter and the second quarter that's continued at a lower pace. We're definitely seeing some margin compression, but as of yet, we haven't have not seen that pressure. And again, defaults are picking up in the loan market, but are still very, very low levels uh, by historical historical levels. Our base case as of now is, is not for a near-term recession. The risk is high. The landing uh, pad for the uh, Fed is getting smaller. It's, it's a harder target for them to hit. But when we look at the at the near term, we, we don't see the recession yet, although there is a higher, relatively high risk compared to what we've seen in the past. And you know, at some point, there will be a recession down the road in the next few years, uh, but we're not seeing it just yet. But a few economic data points can change all that. The Fed is working, pushing hard on, on uh, to, to control inflation. And it's uh, and there's a lot of crosswinds out there. And I think they've, everyone's discussed supply chains and energy prices and rising interest rates and many of the other factors that are affecting so many companies. Yeah, it's interesting your point about this being a very different recession. And also, you you said that inflation is actually good for the for the uh, credit quality. I, I assume that's on on the side of the of the company that has the debt. But as the as the creditor, um, how do you, how does that that economic scenario change how you're sort of you're planning your investments and, and thinking about how you're positioning your portfolio? We are, you know, very focused right now on trying to understand how each company is being affected by inflation. I don't mean to say that inflation is good for borrowers, but again, historically, uh, I think economists have viewed uh, inflation as a benefit to to debtors and detrimental to creditors. Again, because of the fact uh, the the nominal versus the real dollars that are involved. The cross currents that we're seeing now include you know higher labor prices, labor availability, raw material costs. Uh, there's just many. Many, many different effects that are affecting our credits that are implications of inflation, as well as consumer spending. The consumer, especially low-end consumer, is being affected in a very real way. What they're buying, how much they can spend, uh, it's changing consumer preferences. So we're spending a lot of time trying to understand that on a fundamental basis, bottoms up on each credit. It's hard to come up with universal trends affecting the broad market, but our view is it 
it's going to affect in each company individually differently, and that is both a risk and a opportunity for us. As I mentioned, companies that are missing numbers, companies that are seeing their businesses change are getting punished pretty quickly in the market. Uh, loan prices are dropping quickly. So if we can get ahead of that, if we have the extra insight that comes from deep fundamental credit work, that should give us an advantage, ability to uh, position ahead of that. Conversely, there always can be opportunities where there are perceptions by the market that might not actually be what's going on at the company level. So with all those um, macro views in mind and based on what you've seen uh, the last few weeks already, what do you think is next for the loan market? Do you think there'll be a further upside in in the near term or uh, loans still going to remain at least a little bit discounted compared to where they were earlier in the year for, for some time, do you think? My crystal ball is not working as well this year as it was uh, previously. So it's always, <laughs> I'm hesitant to make uh, uh, predictions, but I think loans should be cheaper than they were, say, a year ago, uh, given the risks that are out there and uh, the issues, the concerns that we have for the market, we should be being paid a premium given what's out there. The loan market has historically snapped back fairly quickly in many cases when there's been a sharp downturn like we've seen before, like we, we just saw. In fact, the loan market was really almost anticipating a recession, I'd say, at June 30th, which has not yet developed and, and we're not sure it does develop in the near term. Loan prices were within a couple points of the earnings the bottom of the during the earnings recession of uh, 2016, early 2016. Uh, so I think a lot was being factored into the market. I think probably too much was being factored into the market. There should be, there are concerns out there. And again, we're in a situation where really it's almost as difficult as I've ever seen to call how the economic data is going to develop over the next few months. But we're coming back from a oversold uh, environment. I I think near term, there are going to be a few issues that affect uh, loan prices. Of course, every economic data point is going to be a driver. I think finishing off the second quarter earnings season is going to be very important and, and taking into account the outlooks. Going into September, we have some issues. People, I think, may start getting concerned about third quarter earnings and outlooks. There's also the new issue pipeline, which has been very quiet in the loan market. Uh, One of the reasons the loan market, I think, has rallied is new money had come in, but many of the large deals, the jumbo deals, uh, such as Citrix and Tenneco and Nielsen had really been pushed out until September. Those are large deals, and uh, we'll have to see how they clear the market in September. I think, though, the banks have been active and trying to come up with the right solutions, so hopefully uh, they don't put too much pressure on the loan market. Prices, uh, you know, another interesting driver is going to be uh, the CLO market, which of course is a major part of our business. Uh, most of loans today go into into CLOs, and uh, the the uh, surge in print and sprint deals in July helped drive the loan market higher. Right now, the arbitrage does not seem to really work well. AAAs had widened out into the. 220 area, I think was probably about the wide for, for regular way CLOs. We've heard of some prints recently in the 200 area. And if you look at the secondary market, the implication is somewhere around SOFR plus 175. So I think at the 200 level, there hasn't been much getting printed in new CLOs. But if the primary market does follow the secondary and spreads tighten further, there may be more CLOs coming to market trying to take advantage of this unusual opportunity to uh, buy loans at a material discount, put together portfolios at a discount with leverage, and that could be a big driver for higher prices as well. Yes, let's talk about the CLO liability market too, because um, there's been some new developments on that side as well. I mean, there's 
been obviously significant tightening in the loan market, but CLOs, at least in the primary market, are still at or near their wides. But I understand there has been some pretty significant tightening that's been seen in the secondary market. Is that right? Oh, yes. We've seen that again in the AAA side. Uh, we're seeing that on the double B side, perhaps 100 basis points or more of tightening. And it feels like there's been uh, much more demand. Investors scrambling for uh, paper that's cheap out there, especially double B level and other tranches which are offering a lot of value. So investors have actually been chasing prices up there in the, in the secondary market and uh, that made convert into the primary as well. To the extent the weighted average cost of capital continues to improve, that will help us get closer to a point where the arbitrage becomes really interesting again for CLO equity investors and may lead to more CLO formation. The problem is it still feels like CLO liabilities are a step behind where the loan prices are. You know, the last time loan prices were in the 96s, AAAs were in the 140. So if that's where we need to get back to, we're, we're still quite a ways from the levels of uh, earlier this year. Yeah, one statistic that surprised me is that issuance is down actually less than 10% relative to 2021. That's you know, CLO new issuance. And that was a record-breaking year by quite a substantial way. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of naysayers and big investors that seem to be sitting on the sidelines of CLOs, at least temporarily, but there's still a lot of activity in that place, clearly. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you know, the first half, well, I guess uh, through the spring was, was a pretty busy period. But I think what's really interesting is we've seen the surge in print and sprint deals this year. And it used to be very much a niche type of market. Uh, we had done deals back in 2016, and it was kind of an unusual. There were only a few players prepared to take that kind of risk. Only a few managers were able to execute on them. We saw more of that in 2020. I think many of the top-tier deals were, were quite successful. And I think that past success has led to more interest, and we've gotten a lot of inbound calls. It seems everybody wants to put the trade on or wanted to put the trade on when it was still working in the second quarter. I think there's acute interest in being opportunistic and uh, uh, putting money to, to work in that uh, kind of opportunistic scenario. Uh, so finally, just before we wrap things up here, um, I did want to ask you, if, as you sort of look at the loan market and the investing environment uh, over the sort of short term, at least, what do you think is the biggest uh, risk that you face as a as a loan manager? For us, it's really about fundamentals. And we're in a period of uncertain fundamentals. There is a softening of the economy. There's a that's clear. There's a softening of uh, corporate profits. There's a lot of dispersion out there. Again, I, I mentioned uh, the averages don't look so bad, but there's uh, there are a lot of companies missing a lot of sectors under more pressure. So for us, it's it's really about understanding the credits at a fundamental level, understanding the bottom up. Uh, we do expect defaults to increase. We expect ratings actions, negative rating actions to decrease, to increase quite a bit. A few months ago, we were still seeing more upgrades than downgrades. Today, S&P, I think, is somewhere around 1.7 times downgrades to upgrades. And the market is really reacting strongly to those. So it's not just a matter of are the rating agencies right, but it's a matter of uh, that's going to drive the price of the assets. That's going to drive uh, your, your total return in your performance. So that's a big factor as well. I think the rating agencies are showing a increased focus on really being proactive, trying to be ahead of the curve and move quickly more so than they had uh, perhaps in the past. And, and we saw that in 2020 as well. Mike uh, Nechamkin, 
Thank you so much for joining uh, The Last Tranche today. That's Mike Nachamkin, Chief Investment Officer and Senior Portfolio Manager at Octagon Credit Investors. Thank you. Thank you, Hugh.